0: folks, welcome to another episode of Health Shift, the podcast that bridges the gap between conventional modalities and ancient healing for complete mind, body and spirit well-being. We want to help you make a shift. And please note that these discussions are not medical advice, nor should they be used in place of medical assessments and treatments. So let's get started. Today, I'd like to welcome Lena Navarre. Lena offers a holistic perspective to wellness and healing. She has graduate training and experience as a body and transpersonal psychotherapist and has expanded her practice to include psychospiritual coaching and guidance. Her approach is psychospiritual, heart-centered, embodied, and intuitive. In working with her clients, she recognizes the importance of compassionately and mindfully addressing the physical, spiritual, psychological, and emotional components of their experience in order to have a whole person understanding of their life challenges. Boy, do I resonate with that. And I am so excited to have you here. Welcome, Lena. Thank you so much, Julie, for the invitation. You are welcome. To be here. Yes. So tell us your story and how you got to where you are today. You know, your your calling and your path.
1: Wow. Well, that's, it's been a journey and it started since, uh, started when I was very little. I was five, um, so I, I'm trying to see where I can, I can begin. Uh, at five, I found myself being uh, very, very much um, in awe of my grandfather who was a doctor. And, um, and so I really admired him and wanted to be just like him. And in my little purse, I carried uh, Band-Aids and um, alcohol and anything that I could utilize to help somebody, like a kid or another person who might injure themselves in any way. So I I think it starts with that. It starts there with this love that I had for him and admiration to want to just be just like him. And I used to say, I want to be a doctor. And um, around that same time, I somehow discover ritual, and um, so I play games with my friends a lot. And um, one of the things that that I would ask them to do with me would be to collect leaves and flowers so that we could put them in a in a container with water, and we would dance around dance around the the container and and ask basically for rain to come. And there was, this is like, this was in my grandfather's backyard. And so I very vividly remember that this wall, um, actually have a picture here, (laughs) where that wall was like my altar. Mm -hmm. I had no words for what that was, but that wall was very sacred to me. And that's what I would offer this water and flowers and leaves and twigs and branches to a higher power. And so I wasn't really used utilizing the word God, but I knew there was something out there. I was raised as a Catholic person, right? I was raised Catholic. And I did not see the I did there was no connection for me. I and I I I did go to church quite a bit with my great grandmother. My grandfather's mother would take whenever I visited, she went practically every day she would take me. And I really enjoyed the smell of the incense and and just being around all these ladies, older ladies, and just being there felt very sacred. Mm-hmm. And what I did with my friends and on my own was quite different. So, so it was a different kind of sacred. And uh, at some point I did, and I, get, I will, I will say that, I, at some point, maybe around six, seven, something like that, I remember asking my, my great-grandmother, who's that on the cross? And she said, that's God. And I remember thinking, no, that's not God. And that, that was really, really interesting for me to come back and, and, and revisit that because it, it, it was separate. Like there was there's been like a knowing that I've always had inside of me that there's something huge that we are all a part of,
0: mm-hmm. that we're
1: all interconnected and feeling a little emotional. It, it was just really, really big for me. And so, so having this love for science through my grandfather, and then to spirituality, that it was very, very innate, I started to combine the two. And so from a very early age, um, I, I got to be in touch with spirits and um my grandfather's house had a huge history and if anybody out there knows about Pancho Villa he killed a whole family in what became my grandfather's and great-grandfather's home Mm -hmm. so people knew about this people experienced things so I grew up like spending a lot of time there in Mexico and uh, being very much a part of having this be a part of my, my life however my grandfather and my great-grandfather were very scientific and so they had an explanation very logical an explanation for sounds and things that we saw they would say um, oh you know it's like uh, sometimes uh, maybe creatures move out in the in the woods and you're just seeing a bird flying or hearing sounds um, on the on the on the ceiling right we would hear it's like oh maybe like footsteps on the roof type of thing It's like, it's a cat, or things were like he had like an explanation for things that were really didn't have an explanation, right? It's mm-hmm. like, scientific. So I also grew up with that idea of trying to explain phenomena. Like, mm. if I see this, then what's the scientific explanation? Yet, I always, I always also listen to the intuitive, right? So In my work today, I really try to find both, if that makes sense. I try to find that middle ground, that middle way that would help a person who has experienced a lot of um, supernatural phenomena, if you will, or things that in their lives that they just have no explanation for in a way that will make sense to them. Because I think, especially in the mental health field, there's a lot of stigma And there's a lot of um, putting things into little packages and boxes. Mm -hmm. Like I can talk about dissociation, right? And I can talk about astral projection on the other hand, right? Mm -hmm. All these explanations, there's this really interesting thing that's happening now. At least I haven't been known about this for very long. So maybe it's been around, but I didn't know this thing that happens to some people where they may have an accident, they go through surgery, You know, something in their life shifts and all of a sudden they have a foreign accent and it's very interesting. It it has a name. There's a scientific terminology for that. Something, and so the scientific explanation is something happens in the brain that changes the person's accent. But it's just really crazy because you'll hear, I've seen this, uh, you can find uh, videos on YouTube. Um, I believe that um, Um, there are other places where you can find this other 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 places out there and uh, that there's this English woman with all of a sudden a Chinese accent Mm. and she says that when people call her home now they think they're calling a Chinese restaurant and I think this is crazy like how do we explain that so then the way that I'm thinking is like well if for those of us who believe in reincarnation does that mean there's a There's a past life Mm -hmm. possibility there. I don't know because there are so many things that I don't know, right? That we don't know. So I really like to play with, it's like a playground, right? To play with the possibilities. Mm. And we can have scientific explanations for that. And we can have the spiritual explanation, metaphysical, if you will, esoteric. I just think that that it's, it's such a fun time right now to be able to have access to so much you know especially now you know with the pandemic we're connecting to to other worlds if you will like connecting to people in europe or africa south africa right it's like it's crazy so then there's all this exchange of information and we're finding about things that that we were not aware of like also a lot of people are speaking up about experiences mm-hmm. Just yesterday, I found I've another another thing that I found. There's this show. So I don't watch TV, but I do. I do. I will go into different like uh, different places to to. I'm, I'm very selective about what I watch.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I will go into different places. Yeah, I I don't want to advertise anything. I will go into different places and 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 find things to watch. And I found this show that I guess it was on TV, but now it's not. You can also find it in other places um, where there's, uh, they're taking stories of celebrities and, and talking about them like Julia Roberts' brother, can't remember his, his first name, Mr. Roberts, um, where he had an experience after an accident. I always wonder what happened to him because um, I thought he had a brilliant career. And then all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, where did he go? He had Mm -hmm. a very, like a a fatal accident, um, you know, that almost killed him, car accident, where um, he lost a sensation of one, like he didn't have control over one one side of his body. Mm -hmm. And that pretty much put him in touch with the spiritual world in some way. And so there's this medium that helps him get in touch with that. And it was fascinating. So... Um, the the woman who uh, I don't know her name but the actress who came in came out in splash that that's in a different show without a medium but she, she also talked about an amazing experience she had with when she was in Jamaica as a little girl and it's like I just I think it's fabulous it's fantastic that people are speaking up finally mm-hmm. coming coming to terms with this other reality if you will of something that actually exists. Right. And and I want to be the person that people can come to without fearing that I'm going to judge them and, mm-hmm. and say, you're crazy. Right. You know, there's something wrong. Like, uh, right. is a holistic model for me. It's about acceptance of where we are with what we have. Right. It's like we're all doing the best we can with what we have. Also, I just also want to name also as a clinician and I will disclose this publicly now. I don't know for how long,
0: <laughs> I'm a
1: clinician now, but I am gonna be walking away from that so mm-hmm. that I can really, really dive deep into this new exciting waters. So um, yeah, so so uh, holistically speaking in the clinical world, I like to be able to look at individuals, right? And not put a label on them and, And like, let's look at your symptoms. And if these symptoms apply to a particular diagnosis and the person, and he brings a person relief because, oh, I'm not alone. Thank God I know now that I have bipolar, for instance. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. But for somebody else who says, I don't know about that. It's like, it doesn't really feel like me. Then we go with what works for the person Mm -hmm. and the label will be used only if it's helpful. I don't work with insurance companies, so I don't have to worry about that. So wow. I'm, I go very much with what is true for the person, what works for the individual, right? And not use it as a crutch. So I, I do a lot of mm-hmm. shadow work. So I'm, I'm very good at putting the mirror back, right? It's like, I, I work very relationally. So in this psychotherapeutic or counseling or coaching relationship, if you will, I'm more of like a, like a guide, right? I'm a guide. I'm a support. I'm a cheerleader. If you will. I'm a, I'm a person who has a lot of training. I have ex- like a lot, a lot of training in different things, especially trauma, right? That is one of, that is one of the things that I work with HSP. Um, but th- those are things that I, that I, I know really, really well. Mm-hmm. And um and like I said, I have a lot of training, but at the same time, it's like getting outside of that box and including spirituality. It's like, so my work includes spirituality, period. Spirituality and the body. And so the body, I find that it's, it's a, direct, a direct portal, if you will, to the spirit world. And so I have shamanic training and, and energy work training and then I've I've come up with my own thing and, and I mean I, I will say there are amazing people out there who are doing incredible work that I that I have that I have learned from and and then I think that's that's what how where magic happens right we mm-hmm. learn from one another and then you come up with something that that is your way of working if mm-hmm. you will and and it works for some people and it doesn't work for others. And I think that's that's another thing. It's not a one size fits all. So in this holistic work, I'm very aware of limitations. And if I don't feel that I fit or I have what somebody needs, I have no problem saying, I don't do that, but there's this other person over here who does wonderful work in X, right? And also, if somebody does have, is needing psychiatric help, right now, as a clinician, <laughs> I can say, oh, you know, this is starting to come out, come, come, like get out of that area of um, functionality, I think, because if the person can't function, mm-hmm. that's what we mm-hmm. have to really look at. Person can't get out of bed, for instance, right, like uh, maybe seeing so many things that are supernatural are really getting in the way, then maybe we need to, maybe we need to pull from the clinical world sure. and see, well, what needs to happen here? Because this is outside of my area, right? It's like, so to, to really own that, I mean, I've done a lot of work on myself as well and to be in shadow work and continue,
0: it's uh-huh. ongoing, and I <laughs> it is enjoy. ongoing,
1: until I die, right? <laughs> and so, yes, um, I'm just, I just realized that, I, that maybe you want to ask other things that I haven't allowed you, but I just want to just say that that's really important as well and that I will keep an eye out for other things that may be occurring. Like I said, I look at the clinical and I look at the spiritual. And even when, when I'm not a clinical Uh, clinician anymore I plan to continue to be on the lookout for that and I plan Mm -hmm. to continue to say I don't do that but I will refer you to so and so
0: sure I don't do that anymore but I will refer you to so and so so that's where I am today I I love it I love it (laughs) I I feel so much um, aligned with uh, your practice style because we do need both conventional and what we call ancient healing or integrative therapies. I don't like calling them alternative because they're certainly not alternative. Um, but again, you know, being able to have that great depth of experience of understanding a clinical situation where someone isn't able to be functional, thank God we have some conventional modalities available. And you know, most of the medications that are available in the psychiatric world are, are really to put a bandaid on a situation. So that somebody can calm down enough to then hopefully do the deep work that you're offering, which is really which is really wonderful. So, what does the session look like with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my God. So in my in
1: my journey, I have been finding that um, that I have had to tweak whatever traditional therapy is, right? I mean, I have I'm really not a traditional therapist. And in order to, to work the way that I worked, I, I kind of have come up with what I call a discovery session, uh-huh. which once I, I am clear about my journey and how I'm going to be showing up in the world, that's probably going to go away. But right now, because people themselves, when they come to me, they want to know how it works. And it's really difficult to explain because I use the body a whole bunch. And um, and to just talk about it to, to somebody who's used to just talking, it doesn't do justice,
0: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But
1: I will say that that is one of the things that I offer, a discovery session. Another thing that I'm doing now, again, it just keeps evolving. I was offering like, oh, let's do a discovery session so you can see how I work. I'll give you some ideas right now. And um, and then we'll move into the intake if it feels like a good fit for both of us, right? Sure. So I, I just, I wanna speak up for, to something that I haven't really heard anybody talk about, but I think that the fit needs to be for both, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yes, I think that that in the traditional psychotherapy world, there's this like, if it works for the client, then I will do whatever it is that I need to do to meet this client's needs and maybe I can't. So I think it's very important to be very clear that it's for both of us. And if I can, use my tools to support somebody that will be great, but maybe my tools don't work for this person. And that's mm-hmm. okay, because mm-hmm. there'll be somebody else who can provide that, mm-hmm. right? It's like, that's another thing that about the spiritual concept of um, abundance, right? It's like, there are there's somebody for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I totally believe that. So if I'm not the, the therapist, the coach, the guide for you, then there's somebody else out there. So in this, discovery session, we get to explore that relationship, what it feels to be like, what it feels like to be in the presence of one another. With COVID, that has, that was a challenge at the very beginning because I was used to working in person. I would say that 99.9 of my clients were in person and discovery sessions were in person. So I had to adjust and I had to kind of um explore my beliefs around space and time and quantum physics, right? And so I came to this place of there is no time or space. It's like I feel just once I'm talking to you, I feel connected to you as if we were in person. Mm-hmm. And it was it was interesting to have some of the clients that I worked with in person before COVID and whom I haven't seen since to tell me, I feel like you're in the room. And to me, that is amazing. So I have had to make adjustments. Like mm-hmm. I'm very transparent about whatever it is that I'm doing on my side of the room. So they can see that I'm gonna grab a glass of water, for instance. I drink a lot of water. Uh, but if I'm doing something else, I tell them what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like I'm gonna grab a pencil or I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the take the timer. I'll tell you why why I use a timer sometimes in neuroscience. There's this idea that if we sit with a, an emotion that's very difficult right, to experience uh, for 90 seconds, that it will uh, change, it will transform mm. into something else. So sometimes will my clients will, so there you go, there's something that I do there. Sometimes a client will, will be like, I can't take this anymore. I mean, that is one of my specialties. I can sit through very difficult emotions
0: mm. and
1: uh, which, which is, it's not everybody can do that, right? So that is, that is one of my, my tools, if you will, that I have worked with very hard. And one of the things that, that I have done is to be able to sit with those strong emotions, my own emotions, right? we um, do my own work and, and be triggered sometimes by somebody experiencing intense rage, for instance, right? So it's like, I see, I feel and see their rage and I feel it in myself and I see it in myself. And we're gonna sit here for 90 seconds and just be with it without the story. I think Mm. very important, right? Without the story, because I can, if I just go on and on and on and on and on and on, I like to think of like a dog chasing its tail or a hamster in a wheel. We don't go anywhere, but if I can, we can have the story, talk about it, ah, I get really angry, come back to the body. Come back to the body. Where do you feel that in your body? And just be with that, sit with that, sit with that. 90 seconds, right? And it's amazing the things that can happen, the shift, right? And then we come out in ninety seconds and how was that? It's like, oh, it changed to something else or so like, yeah, it's like I feel such a relief. I have no idea what's gonna happen. Right. It's like, but for me, it's like riding that wave mm-hmm. of very difficult emotions, right? And staying present in our bodies as much as possible. Right. And sometimes a person can do 90 seconds, we do two seconds. So it's like, so it's not a this is not a marathon, and this is not about pushing anybody beyond their limits. Mm-hmm. This is about helping people. Get to wherever it is that they want to go, right? I will challenge, but I will also not push them if they're not ready to go somewhere because that could be very counterproductive. Sure. Right? Sure. So, yeah. So maybe we need to take baby steps and celebrate those little baby steps, right? And then we might be able to take, you know, bigger steps. So, and, and, a lot of my clients will be really surprised you know it's like after like some time of working it's like oh my god i never thought i could just be with that i never thought that i could sit with a panic attack and not believe that i was going to die, to die for sure. right yeah. so and if i talk about a panic attack well, where's the spirituality there where it's like what supports support what is a what is a person's support system Right? What are the person's beliefs? Because it's also not about me imposing beliefs in anybody. This is their beliefs, and we're going to work with their beliefs. I'll come up, I'll bring up something, and it might fit, and it might not. Right? But we—if the person believes in angels, then we work with angels. Right? Spirit guides, spirit animals. It's like nature. Some people believe like Mm. in nature. Maybe mm-hmm. there's like a butterfly and it's like, maybe that's, they see it and they want to connect to that. Well, and I'm, I'm speaking, I, I also uh, do ecotherapy, and right now, sometimes some of my clients are sitting outside. So they'll connect to something that's in their environment. Right. Sure. So that's another thing they might connect when we're working in this way, they might connect to something that's in my environment. They might connect to something that is in their environment because part of Part of the process, because I work with a lot of pro- trauma, a lot of the clients that I work with do have, do experience dissociation, mm-hmm. different levels, different levels, right? And um, so grounding is very key. When I, was, when I had an office, we sat on the floor a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Now, Now, if the person wants to sit on the floor, I go to the floor too. So my desk goes up and down, I have a rug, like I just, whatever I did in the office, I do here. So, and and more, I think, because I have access here to things that I may not have at the office. I have my gun, for instance. I can't be carrying my gun to work and I didn't trust to leave it at the office. Like I'm very protective of my gun. Mm-hmm. So those, some things that I'm protective of, I don't want to leave there and it's hard to carry them. So I have access to things here all the time. So that's a plus. Um, some of my clients have the, the possibility of screaming if they want to, or like crying and, and write really loudly, um, which they sometimes felt uncomfortable in an office setting, right? Sure. I may have a, a co-worker knock on the door and say, hey, is everything okay? When my client is just expressing. So that, that was very long, but I, I can tell you some of the things that, that are that I look at with like with the body psychotherapy piece, which are, I look for movement tags. So I'm looking at movements that repeat, repeat, right? And so if the movement repeats when they're talking about a specific thing, I might invite them to explore that movement and I will do whatever it is that they do on their end. So um, if I ask them, oh, I've been noticing, I've been noticing that uh, when you were talking about your mother, your hand went, and so I'm, I'm, I'm saying it because they can't see me, but if their hand was, right hand is moving in circles, right, I'm going to I'm gonna tell them what I'm seeing, I'm going to do it too, and I'm going to invite them to try it out with me, and if they say yes, because we're partners, right, mm-hmm. if they say if they agree, then, then they're like, yeah, let's check it out, then I'll do it with them, and then I'll say, just notice in your body what it's like, what it feels like when you do it really slowly or when you do it really fast. So when you exaggerate it, make it really big or when you make it really small. And it's crazy, but it will connect connect them to their unconscious and something happens, right? It's like they, the, the person starts laughing, crying an image comes, a memory and there we go. So I also work very much with what's in the room so, yes, sure, we'll have an idea, like we'll have goals. And then there's also, again, spirit. Where does spirit, where does a person's soul want to go? What is it that they want to experience and explore? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so those are some some ideas. I mean, I could talk about a lot of different
0: things, but that was a huge response to your question. <laughs> yes, yes. No, that's, that's actually fascinating. It's so interesting because... I, very much like you, um, I was sick back in uh, 2012 to 2014, diagnosed with the real leukemia, the following year Lyme, following year got a staph infection, was hospitalized. And then I was quarantined for three months. And of course I'm self-employed. And it was one of my psychiatry colleagues who said, Julie, why don't you use Skype? So this is pre-telehealth days. I was like, oh, but I love being with my clients. I love that connection. And one of my clients, who's also a Reiki master and was working with her at the time, she goes, your energy comes loud and clear through the computer. And I said, "Okay, I'm on to (laughs) Skype. So, you know, it is amazing. These things that we sort of put up as a little bit of a roadblock um, can become our allies. You know, thank God we have telehealth now because we can connect with people all around the world, you know, in terms of helping to support them. So I love that part about, you know, again, kind of noticing something. And it brought to mind, my mother used to roll her thing, her thumbs. So that was something that she did a lot when she was talking. And, um, and then another thing that she did is she would frequently put her hand over her mouth um, because her teeth were not straight. And so she had these little interesting things that I was very aware of. Um, yeah, quite interesting. So you can use yeah. those. So it sounds like you can actually use that as a way to de- dig deeper into what their experience is. Yes, precisely. Yeah. That is so
1: true. That is so true. And those are great observations. Yeah. <clears throat> that if your mother were around, I would I would be curious. I would ask, hey, mom,
0: what happens for you when you do X? Oh, yeah. I- Lots of insecurity. Yes. Um, Not feeling that it was okay for her to speak. Um, She grew up stuttering. She was also left-handed and worked her way through a lot of that, you know, a very kind and gentle and loving, loving person. But yeah, that's really interesting. So Mm -hmm. a very, very different approach than your traditional psychodynamic and CBT therapy, which um, is still very beneficial, but this seems like this really, that connection between you and the client.
1: Yeah. I mean, everything has a place and CBT is the very first thing I learned many Mm -hmm. years ago, I worked with addiction Mm -hmm. and that's, that's what I did. And so, um,
0: yeah. And, and so it's surface level though. I mean, I see, I see those levels of therapy as being really surface levels and you're actually bringing it down to that, that deeper level.
1: Right, right, right. I I, I do want to say that sometimes we might visit that, but that's not where we linger. Yeah. That is not how I work. So in that sense, you're absolutely right. It's like I will go. Yes, my inclination, right, is to go deeper. I mean, that is how I work, to go deeper, deeper, deeper in many different ways. And like I said, uh, sometimes for somebody going deeper, maybe they're willing to visit the the body aspect mm-hmm. of psychotherapy but not the spiritual so then i wouldn't be a good fit for somebody who just wants to do body right because i will include spirituality so that's also even going a little further because i i have i'm aware that psychotherapy is also evolving just like we're all evolving psychotherapy is evolving yes. and there They're coming up with all kinds of ways to include the body, which I think is amazing. I am so grateful that that is happening, but spirituality is not necessarily part of that. So they can talk about neuroscience, right? And and give you all this information about um, the certain behaviors, but the spirituality piece might be not a part of the whole. So mm-hmm. that, to, to me, working holistically, that's what it means. For me, working holistically means, I, just like my, my company, right? is the, the body, mind, spirit, and heart
0: mm-hmm. go
1: together. Yes. yes they, they go together. But that's me. Other people will have their own interpretation of holistic, and that's fine. Sure, sure. I'm just
0: looking sure. for what it means to me. Yes, you know, it's interesting. I think the word holistic, it can be very confusing. Um, and somebody was asking me even the other day, because again, traditionally, I was trained as a registered dietitian. Um, I say, geez, I, you know, that was where I started, but I've, you know, grown so far from there. But somebody was asking me, what's the difference between a registered dietitian and a nutritionist? I said, well, you know, I have my interpretation of that. But the, the word nutritionist is very, very confusing just as holistic therapy is very confusing in terms of there are so many different variations and versions that people... So doing that session, I think is really great. I do the same thing. I I like to have that session. When I first started out, I felt like it was my duty and my calling to be available and heal everybody. But I realize now that, you know, I have a certain set of gifts and skills and you know that needs to match and be in alignment with who's coming to meet with me at this point. So you know, again, we're all evolving and transforming. This has been absolutely fascinating. So what three tips do you have to offer people in this confusing healthcare world? And again, COVID, it's not even post-COVID at this point. <clears throat>
1: tips uh, who specifically would I be speaking to?
0: Oh, any, any of the people that are listening to my podcast, they could be patients, clients, Mm -hmm. fellow clinicians. Um, Yeah. I think it's
1: like the first one that comes to mind, whether it fits or not. Um, For those of you that it fits, listen to your heart, listen to your heart because your heart always knows the right path to follow. It's, it's, it will show you your North. It will, tell you exactly where you need to be. That is one of the things that I work with my clients is work on their intuition and trust themselves, right? And trusting themselves um, to the, to to remember, to remember that they know what they know. And I say remember because I think that we forget at some point we forget who we are. We forget mm-hmm. that in my, that's again, that's, that's my belief that we're all divine creatures of this bigger bigger hole, if you will i think some people like to talk about like we're like little droplets of water that connect to the ocean so we're all together we're make this ocean right so i think listen to your heart listen to your listen to listen to yourself and and what does that look like so i'm talking about listen to your heart but does it mean maybe some people are like I'm also really good at listening to my body. My body will tell me when something's not right, right? And very specific, if, if one of the issues too that I work with um, is codependence, right? So, and, and I will also, I will reveal a secret and maybe a lot of people know this already, but usually practitioners will work with others in issues they have worked on or are working with in themselves, mm-hmm. so there you go. There's there's a secret, rather, codependence, something that I have worked with for many many years in myself and with others. Um, I I am very aware that when I want to, I don't want to do something, and I say yes. My left shoulder, I mean, it feels like somebody squeezes it really mm-hmm. tightly. So mm-hmm. then that to me is like, oh, I'm, I need to listen to that and say. Oh, maybe no, maybe that's not a good idea. So I know I, I said yes, but I got to take it back. So it's like, um, yeah. So listen, listen, whatever that looks like to you. So speaking to the audience, listen to your heart, listen to your body, listen to yourselves, right? Listen to that deeper, not just not just the mind because the mind has many stories, but go deeper, drop into your heart and see what there is, right? That might have a connection to the body. It might have a connection to spirit. I really don't know, right? But it's like one thing I would say, really listen. When we listen, we we get answers. So yeah, that would be my first thing. Trust yourself. Trust yourself that you know what you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Even if
1: people say, oh, are you sure? If you feel like you know, I, I say, trust yourself. And you might want to do something, you might not. That's your call, but I just say, that. Trust yourselves. Um, and then another tip. Let me think about that.
0: Add something to do with dreams. Um,
1: I think it's gonna apparently everything's gonna tied up tie into the trust yourself. Um, there's, there's the the unconscious, the unconscious talks to us in so many different ways. And dreams is just one way. And the, the unconscious is talking, like I was talking about earlier, talk, talks through our bodies,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: um, um, it will give us guidance, right? So if we're really listening, um, what they call those Freudian slips, that might be something is like, oh, I said that. It's like, oh, well, I I invite you to sit with that and see like, what's going on? What's what's there? Why did it come out? If I had this dream about a particular thing, what is there that that is asking me for attention to look at and maybe act on, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, one of the things that I work with is Jungian dream analysis. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so I would really, for me, I really believe that idea that everything that we dream is us. So it's, we're speaking to ourselves and we're saying, oh, that relationship doesn't work. That job doesn't make me happy anymore. I don't know. So I would just really listen, listen, listen to, to, to the unconscious and also listen to what's out in the environment because now I'm gonna speak a little shamanic here. Everything's alive and everything has a message, right? And so it's been very interesting to see. So now I'm going to like a different place now uh, to see um, a hawk pass, right? And it's like, well, what, is, what, are the, what are the attributes of a hawk? Maybe I need to pay attention more. I don't know. So we all can find our own meanings to how, how we experience the world and, and one another. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I wonder if that's like three there because it's like a listening. I think, I think I feel complete. That sounds, wonder- that sounds wonderful. <laughs> <Thank you>. Yes. <laughs> a listening, is a listening outside, listening inside
0: and, and see if, if there's a message for you that you might want to do something about. Yes, listen to your heart, pay attention to your dreams and observe the outside natural world. I always look at whatever bugs are in my space, the snails, the birds and all of those things. And then I pull out Ted Williams and take a look at, you know, his uh, shamanic information. So Alina, oh, this was absolutely wonderful. And thank you so much for being here today and sharing your wisdom. How can people connect with you?
1: Yeah, so I gave you that information in my be, Can you can you oh, uh, provide it yourself,
0: please? I certainly can. Yes. Yeah. So let's see here. Um, I I prefer email or email. the website, right? Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Okay. I will have people get in touch with me then, so I can share your email with you. Well, and I can wonderful. I can
1: I can tell them. I mean I mean the I just thought I don't know. So I'll tell you the my email is very easy, and it doesn't have a number. It's the word two. So it's. I really believe that we're wired to heal. And so the email is wired, like W I R E D, Uh to T O, heal, H E A L, Uh at Gmail. Right. And then uh, my website, my website is Austin, Mm -hmm. A U S T I N. All one word, okay. Austin Spirit, S P I R I T, heart, H E A R T, mind, M I N D, body, B O D Y dot com. So Austin Spirit, heart,
0: mind, body dot com. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. That was awesome. And if you like this podcast, please rate, review and share with your friends, family and coworkers. I am on a mission to change the current paradigm of healthcare and mental health care. You can find me at juliefreeman.net, on Instagram at juliefreemanmindfulwellness, and on YouTube at Julie Freeman Functional Medicine La Jolla. Until next time.